a Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, 100% trauma. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. My name my name is Joe. I am the rewatch half. Uh, uh, my name is Chris. I am the first watch half. Sorry, I stepped on you. Bad no, it's positive fine. Podcasting etiquette right <laughs> off the bat. Here we go. <laughs> uh, we're in it. We're going to talk about the anime called Neon Genesis Evangelion on this here podcast. I I haven't watched it in a very long time. I watched it in high school, and then I think I think I watched all the rebuilds and well, all the rebuilds that are out. So the first three. Um, I remember watching the third one in high school as well. I don't even know, Chris, if you know what I mean when I say rebuilds. That's fine. Nope, I was going to say, that's how much of a novice I am, is I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, alright, so you said that you had seen the first episode of this before. I think I've actually seen the first two, because I remember shit actually happening. Okay, that's fair. So I think I, I, uh, think I saw the first two, maybe, but it was when I was in high school, which is a much longer time ago than when you were in high school. And, yes. Uh, so yeah, my memory is very, very limited. That's fine. We we just rewatched it. We watched the first episode. We're watching it subbed as of as of now there the Netflix dub has not come out and I yep. do not want to watch the original English dub. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think uh the the tone is easier to parse with subtitles at least for a first watch through. Although I know a lot of people's first watch through obviously was uh or at least a lot of people uh in in the states in the US English speakers, I should say. Uh watched it with the dub um and there's definitely some iconic moments of it some uh for better some for worse um but we were watching it subbed and we about 10 minutes ago watched the first episode now we're going to talk about it yep commence the talking <laughs> <laughs> begin speech uh, <laughs> be- podcast begin <laughs> okay um, I was actually a little bit worried when we were like first broaching the subject of doing this because I was like, what if I, what if I don't like it? What if I don't think it's like as like cool or good or interesting as everybody else does? That's actually and, like, I, I, I've heard people before be like, oh, everyone talks about Evangelion. I watched like the first couple episodes and I just don't give a shit. And that's like, I, I kind of do and don't get it. Cause like now rewatching it, I pick up on a lot of subtleties of like character introductions and the way things are phrased. Um, which, which I think we'll talk about in a bit, but yeah, definitely like the first episode. And I think so far as I said, the first like seven or so episodes are very typical shonen. There's robots and there's a, a coming of age story. Um, I think Evangelion is a bit more heavy handed <laughs> with, um, some of the stuff that like Shinji is processing, but, but still like this first, first episode is they throw you in the middle of a crisis and you see a bunch of things get set up and not happen right away well and despite the fact that there's literal giant robots and all that shit i feel like it's also like it's quieter than your average shonen first episode oh certainly there's um there's more shinji being talked to and talked about than uh which i think is is poignant to the, the themes uh present in the show because uh, he's he's not really given a lot of autonomy and that we've seen yeah which I presume is appropriate to the character because we don't what we don't get that we might get in other uh, series like this is like we get no like spunky attitude from like this like you know the little upstart we're gonna be rooting for the whole series like he's a very introspective quiet person who's being moved around by other people the entire time. Yeah. So if if uh, if if you've never experienced Evangelion, uh, which I'm sure at least a couple people who listen to this will 
uh, listen to that because I'm one because we have some close friends who specifically <laughs> were like, hey, if you if you make this podcast about the show, we might I might watch it. And also just because I think it's common for people to look up podcasts on material to get sort of a perspective on it before they watch it. I don't know why that's a thing. I don't personally do that, but I also understand that it's real. Yeah, I've learned that from talking about Kingdom Hearts for 500 years. It's real and it can hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so Shinji is, is um, it's almost hard to presume Shinji is the main character from this episode, but like everything is kind of still centered around him, even if it's not uh, something he wants or yeah. w- would will. Um, but uh, he's just this, this kid. I'm pretty sure he's 13. Not that it's stated in this episode, but he's just this kid wearing a, a white shirt i think it's probably like a school uniform um that's that was my assumption yeah and he's just uh he's quiet he's um my brain is filling the word dainty i don't know if that's <laughs> accurate i mean it's true he's just like a little yeah. kid um but yeah, yeah and t- typically in shonen you see these these characters who are like go-getters or you see something motivating them to be go-getters i think of like uh, the introduction in Gurren Lagann, I think of Simone being very quiet and introspective, but it's um, it, it's this commun, it's this big brother commun character who is like, you know, there's there's potential in you if you if you make this happen, and he is motivated by that. And then you have um, you know, other shonen with with other like, I'm trying to think of like what's Deku like really wants to be a hero in in yeah. My Hero Academia, but he just he he wants more than anything to be the best hero ever. He just can't. And even when he gets powers, he, he, you know, works really hard for it. And then you get Shinji, who is being told he has to do this, and he doesn't want to. Yeah, I mean, like, the closest thing that we have to, like, his, like, desire, it seems, is to, like, have a relationship with his dad. Or, like, to be, like, wanted by his dad. Because that's, yeah. like, presumably why he showed up was because, like, he was like, hey, dope, my dad's acknowledging my existence. Yeah, yeah, acknowledging it is, is even kind of strong. Yeah. Yeah, we, we learned pretty I would say like halfway through, because a lot of it is just like he's he's on the phone and there's no answer, um, and we see a a big a big monster. They're called angels, uh, in in this series, a big a big old monster attacking the city, and there's like um, kind of like I was gonna say helicopters, but they're like futuristic. They look like goats. It was strange. <laughs> yeah, my brain is like it, for me it uh reminds me of like a gunship and like uh, the Star Wars prequels. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. But uh, those are those are shooting. They're shooting missiles. Uh, none of it's working. You see people in like like official like government officials in like a command center, uh, like talk, like lamenting that it's not working, getting very upset. There's actually quite a lot of time spent in that command center, just sort of like really breaking down how much they're trying to do to stop this thing. And um, we see a character sort of sitting in the back of that room with his hands in front of his face kind of knowing that none of it's going to work uh, and talking to some other guy. I don't know if we get his name. We'll find out in a bit that it's Shinji's dad. But it's did... Shinji. It's Shinji's sh- shitty dad, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> uh, his name is Gendo. I'm sh- I don't know when we'll learn that. Probably the second episode, but he does suck. It's 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 that's not a spoiler. It's very fucking clear in this first episode. Yeah, instantly. Instantly clear. Uh, so Shinji's trying to get in the beginning, trying to get, I don't know if he's trying to get a hold of his dad or Masato specifically, who is a character we'll talk about in a second, but he says, oh, I'll just go to a shelter instead, um, which uh, there's no one else around. It's just kind of like emergency evacuation state when this angel is attacking. Also, there's a 
he he like sees a vision of someone on the street that he looks away when some birds fly away and then he looks back and they're gone. Yeah. If at the end of the episode we'll see a character named Ray, you can tell that they're the same person just from basically the hair style and color. From using your eyes, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so short that you see either one of them. <laughs> so, that's true. But uh he gets like picked up by an, an older woman who her name is Masato and uh they uh they're driving around they see the government like set off a nuke basically in this field to try and get, take down the angel and it doesn't work it knocks their car back and then she takes him to uh nerve n e r v in all caps the facility that we we've, we've seen the inside of a bunch and that's pretty much on that drive like on that drive that she's taking him we learn a lot about shinji's um quote unquote relationship with uh with his dad and Masada. We learned a little bit about her just from like context. Yeah. There's I I can't remember if it happens there or if it it might be a little bit later on, but there's this great moment where he's thinking back to he's he's thinking about his dad and you get this little like flashback image of it's like black and white and it's like him as a young kid and then it's instantly interrupted by like a a shot of like a, a car driving very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I fucking like loved that. Oh yeah, uh as well, we haven't talked about the opening yet somehow. Uh but uh which I'm sure we will in detail. But as uh, just from the opening you can tell how much um the direction of this series loves fucking really quick uh shots. Just images that go by really quickly uh and it does a really good job setting a tone both both in just like how I I don't, I don't know if anxious is actually the right word to describe it, but just like chaotic things. Yeah. are uh, and, and get, especially with the opening, uh, but just, like, Shinji thinking about something and, like, it just moves very quickly as he's thinking about it. But, yeah, that, that shot of him, uh, you'll, you'll see that specific frame quite a bit when he, when he, uh, has flashbacks. It's, um, it's, it does a lot with just the one frame, I think. Uh, in that, in that car drive over, uh, I like the conversation with Shinji and Masato where she's just, like, She's very fucking casual during all of this, which is bizarre, because she's, like, lamenting about, like, ah, oh, I was almost done paying my car off, and this outfit yeah. was new. Yep. And Shinji's just, like, being super serious, and she's like, why are you, you're like a kid, why are you so uptight? And he's, he's like, you're an adult, why are you so fucking casual <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. In, in this crisis situation? Later, when um he says, like, or well, no. She asks uh, if if he doesn't like his dad, um, and she says, "I'm the same." That's interesting, um, based on how they they parallel each other at different ages. What's what's really fucking telling to me is when she asks, like, or well, they go into Nerve, and he's like, "Oh, this is this is where my dad works, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, do you know what he does?" And his answer is that his teacher told him. Yeah, that stood out to me too. Ugh, because it's like, like, do you, do you know what your dad does? And not answering, yeah, he does this, or he told me this. It's my teacher once told me that it's extremely important, and that's like it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like a very quick series of things in that same like segment where the car is like going through this tunnel system, which I think is fucking gorgeous. I was so into that. I was. It's like, yeah, it's on this weird little like almost like horizontal elevator kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and like they're having this conversation in the in the car that's not moving, while like uh, the shots like going through like the windshield of the car, and you can just see like the the lights 
like uh coming and going across the uh, the windshield as they're mm-hmm. on this elevator thing. That was fucking yeah, it was beautiful. This show is looks real good. It does. Uh <laughs> and it sounds real good. The fucking sound design is like lovely. Oh like, yeah, this, this, from, this, from, we we heard very few songs, but the score also is very good. Yeah, well, from like the very beginning when like they're doing those like establishing shots before the fucking uh before Chris Angel shows up and attacks the town, uh they have like the <laughs> there's like some like bugs kind of like chirping, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. I'm gonna be into this. And then like later, like there's like these sounds of um like water inside these facilities, and I was just like, mm, like fucking like the combination of the art style and the colors and the sound is like delicious. Like I was super fucking into it. Very uh. <laughs> Aesthetically pleasing is almost like a complicated word to use when like it's like supposed to be unsettling in some ways. It's just like very yeah, very well done in general. It is. There is like there are so many like small things that stood out to me. Like even like there's a bit where I I don't remember the character's name, but it's like the woman that was swimming when we were first introduced to them, and like uh, the door yeah. opens up, and then there's like a a little like reaction from Masato, and there's like a like a tiny little like effect oh, yeah. that comes up. I was one, I was wondering if you caught that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a like just a very comic book like little like shocked shape. I don't Yeah. Know. It's really small and subtle, but I was like I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. That's fun. I don't you don't see that very often." And when you do see it, it's really like bombastic cuz they're trying to emphasize like, "Look, it's like a comic book." Like even like I mean, Spider-Verse does it well, but it's very much trying to draw attention to it, but this was very like understated. It's just like, "Here's a little thing. Like, here's a little like um enhancer." Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember that lady's name and it's going to beat me up when I remember it. But she's uh, another person that works at Nerve. She's blonde. Um, you can tell, you, like, Masato talks about her in a way where you know they know each other. Yeah. Because uh, Masato is trying to lead Shinji through, and uh, as they're calling for the blonde lady whose name I don't remember, uh, she's like, oh, Masato got lost again. And then they meet in the elevator. And that shot's really good because you see Masato's reflection in the elevator, and then it opens to uh, the other woman's face. Oh, um, I didn't even catch that. And, cool. and, and then you see the little, like, shocked thing. From, yeah. from behind Machado's shoulder. And then, like, immediately, <laughs> immediately they're talking about Shinji like he's not there. Um, yep. Oh, it's also worth noting on that, on, that, on that topic that his dad refers to him as a spare the entire yep. episode. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, that's actually what I want to talk about. When they're in the car in that elevator sequence, after he's like, oh, my teacher told me about my dad, um, there's a shot of uh, Gin- Gindo, his dad, and his... Uh, I don't know if assistance the right word, but like a second in the command, the only person he fucking talks to, uh, he's like, I don't know if we can do the Eva project right now, which is the big robot. I don't know if we can do that because our pilot is out of commission. And um, uh, Gendo, his dad says, I have another spare being delivered. And that's a hard cut to Shinji. And Masato's like, didn't your dad like tell you to come here? And he pulls out this piece of paper that just says, come, <laughs> just come to this place. I didn't even see that. What the fuck? Maybe that's when my internet was fucking up. Maybe. Yeah, it's like she she looks at it for just a second, um, and it's like a translator note on top of it. So, like, the word come by itself might not be the most um, oh, spe- like, okay. most direct translation, but... Yeah, I was looking at other shit on that um that screen. There was, like, a lot of text on that screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's very yeah, quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it feels like Masato kind of doesn't pick up on it or just doesn't mind it. Uh, despite saying that, like, she's the same as him, maybe she's downplaying it. Maybe she is internalizing a lot of it. It's hard to say. Yeah. But uh, in that elevator scene, uh, the blonde woman who I really, I just need to look up fucking Evangelion characters. 
because uh, it's gonna drive me. It's gonna it's gonna bug me a lot if I don't just. Remember. And to clarify, you're talking about the later elevator scene now, where they are they are not in the car but standing and they're on an elevator. Correct. correct? Yeah. The three of them. That was my favorite sequence of the entire episode, by the way. Really? Tell me about that. Yes. Tell me why. Okay. Because so it's really artfully done. So they're there. It's it's uh, Shinji in the middle and the two um, women to uh, his like both sides, and it's in it's entirely in silhouette. And the, the background is this kind of oh, like moody, this is a third, moody purple. This is a third elevator run now. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, what's the one you're talking about? Because there's the car elevator. And then yeah. they get on a like normal human elevator that you and I would use in like any building. And then later they're on like, it's kind of like a cart that's going up a rail. And that's what you're talking yeah. about. And it is just okay. yeah, the silhouetted. Uh, it's just their silhouettes, which is very good. Um, and it does have that like bright purple background. Yeah. We'll save that then. Okay. But this elevator scene. In the normal human elevator uh, is where the... I'm still trying to fucking find... Uh, Ritsuko, that's it. Okay. I looked it up. Uh, Ritsuko is her name. She was swimming, and then she puts a lab coat on over her swimsuit, which is a fucking <laughs> baller look. Yeah. Uh, she refers to Shinji as the third child. Um, capital, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Capital T, capital C. It won't mean anything for a little bit but it's the thing that she says for immediately yep and then when gindo the the dad is going abraham lincoln yes yeah <laughs> abe lincoln when he goes down to the room that he ends up where the uh eva unit 01 the big purple and green robot where that ends up being uh the his assistant dude who i don't remember how to pronounce his name starts with an f like I could look it up, but I'm not gonna. Here we go again. I'm not gonna. Starts with an F. He's said like two lines, but uh, he points out to Gendo that this is like the first time in three years that he's seen Shinji. So that's just like, it's just like, it's doing so much to set the tone of just like how distant all of this is. Like, be like before you actually see them interact, which also by itself is fucking rough. Actually, I, they don't really ever interact like i mean they, they like have like a, a conversation over like kind of like a the speakerphone um, they can yeah. see each other barely yeah but tell me about uh before before uh shinji gets there tell me about that weird cart escalator scene okay yeah so they're on a fucking donkey kong country fucking cart <laughs> yeah. they're going up but uh but it's dope because like i said it's all in silhouette and there's like this kind of like moody gloomy purple that's in the background and like already i'm like i was like my my brain goes into like fucking like flexing the the film school muscles like, all right like what does this mean like why did they do it this way and i was like okay i think it kind of instills like a sense of like loneliness and then also it feels like the sense of like being a kid and people are like talking about you around you but like you're not involved in the conversation or like, you don't understand what they're talking about whatever like there's like a separation that it's kind of doing because mm -hmm. he's just standing there like like i forget what he's looking at but he's just staring at something oh he's he's reading he's reading the manual he was given a manual about nerve He's just reading that the whole time. That's what it is. And, and they're, like, going off about, like, the project and all this other shit. And then, but my favorite part about it, because that's already all good, right? I was already, like, super digging it. Then as they're going up, there's this gigantic hand in the background. And as they're going up, it, like, diagonally moves so that, like, this hand is, like, about to, like, envelop Shinji, like, in the background. And it's such oh, a fucking yeah. strong visual moment for, like, what's about to come. Like, knowing that, I mean, I've seen enough to know that it's, like, He's going to get fucking involved and he's going to get dragged into this fucking giant robot project and like shit's yeah. going to go not very well for him. And so this really ominous visual thing going on in the background. And it was like, I really, really liked it. Yeah, it's this big purple robot hand reaching out through the water, which, yeah, that's, yep. that, that's them going to the, the room with unit zero one in it. 
damn, I don't know if I ever fucking noticed that hand in the background. It's so good. It's real. Uh, I, I rewatched it as you were talking about it. It's extremely good. Yeah, that's yeah. That was my favorite sequence in the whole thing, just because I was like that. That right there is doing so much work with so little, and that's also a thing that I loved about the entire usage of the Ava, right? Ava unit is that the, the yeah deal? Ev- yeah Evangelion unit O one or just one? Yeah. Uh, there's always zeros in front of them, so I don't know if it matters. They get so much mileage out of that thing when it's just sitting in that like. Um, oh, it's so over. It takes up so much fucking like real estate in the frame. And like, not only that. So, so then also, so like when when they get off the Donkey Kong Country ride, yeah, they're up at the top, and the door opens, and immediately like he's confronted with this like gigantic face of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the the face takes up the whole background, and he's just like, tr- like, a, it feels like a speck in front of it. Ugh. Yeah, and that's that, that that tells a lot. I think of like like I. I feel like that's like the very baseline reading of it is like this, the scale of like these expectations put on him. Yeah. But it's also extremely what is happening. Right. And there's, there's more I want to talk about with the, with the fucking giant robot, but we can like continue recapping for a second. I also though, I did not notice. I didn't think about the fact that, cause it doesn't, the geography of the space doesn't make sense until later. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad now that I understand the context of the big fucking hand in the purple, because like you're saying, What's happening basically is they're like going up through this gigantic building where this like multiple stories tall robot is stored underwater. That's what the purple is. It's like this kind of like purple water, like maybe like pink from the top. Um, but so they're like going up toward where the head is. And so I didn't realize that's like that thing's actual hand. Like I wasn't sure at the time what yeah. I was seeing, but now I understand that, which is cool. I'm just fucking trying to find this fucking kid's age. Uh, 14. He is 14. Okay born june damn 6th. that's the that's the age of like some of the kids i work with at my job that's wild to think about them being put in that situation exactly like <laughs> <laughs> that's like even, oh my even without all the fucking trauma that he clearly has and all yeah. this other stuff like you boil it down to he is a teenager he's 14 yeah. years old and he's being asked to do all these fucking things and put all this responsibility on him uh for the sake of people who don't give a shit about him shonen ages are really something when you actually process them like there's mm-hmm. so many shows like yeah they're 10 they're 12 like whatever but like when you really think about what a 12 year old is like or a 14 year old even it's like yeah. oh damn exactly yeah and it's weird because like i feel like so many people watch this show and don't get it either they don't grasp onto uh the reality of what he's facing or they went in expecting typical shonen stuff and it's like why isn't he just uh, growing up past, like, why isn't he just, you know, doing the shonen hero thing, driving the robot and being cool? And it's like, yeah. fucking read the text. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, that's not what this is. It's not what this is. And sometimes, um, spoilers, he does get in the robot. Sometimes the show, like, I feel like it really plays with that tone because, like, between the score or the lack of score and just, like, the space, like, the sonic space in the room, like, I feel like you can hear how big the room is and how like yeah eerie it is um absolutely when he gets in the robot in the last scene and it starts like setting up to to launch or whatever this like happy let's go theme starts playing and it feels like intentionally clashing with itself yeah absolutely because he's not fucking stoked about it it's not the moment in zoids when big clouds like hell yeah like you know like it's it's very much the opposite. Like, it, it, yeah, it's it, a, it both is, but also like it, it it exists in a space in which it shouldn't, and like you can feel you can feel it like tearing at itself. Like you can 
Uh, and even like they don't put him in the plug suit, which is what the little outfit that you wear in the Eva is called. Yeah. He's just he's still just wearing his casual clothes, uh, and he's just doing the thing. And I feel like he he looks out of place because he is out of place. And the episode ending before like the robot does anything, I also I think is a good like like this first episode is entirely just like showing you characters and setting. Yeah, I I, I think it's a drastically different show. If they're like, well, we gotta have a fight in the first episode to show you that, like, whatever. But like, I mean, there is one with like, you know, between like the the angel and the military. Which, by the way, I we've seen scenes like that a thousand times before in like kaiju movies. Mm-hmm. But this one, I I found was a lot more enjoyable to watch. Even if I still like the problem with those scenes in those movies, is, like you ultimately don't care, right? It's like a nebulous, like it's the it's the city, but you don't know anyone in the city, so you don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I feel about it. Um. I feel like the and, like, first time you see the angels from Shinji's point of view. Well, anyway, I was more talking about the 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 movies anyway, and I was gonna say sure. like I still didn't I, I still didn't like care about the fact that it was like destroying shit. In fact, it's like kind of the opposite. We're like we're getting like pleasure from that as an audience. But what I will say is that it was more fun to watch. Supposedly in those movies, it's kind of like all right, this is like a chore we have to get through where they try to like use helicopters in the military and tanks. But like we want to get to the part where like. Godzilla has to come and fight the other monster or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But this was a lot more enjoyable because of the fact that animation can do a lot that um is would be harder in a in a live action um movie. For example, uh when there's like a missile being shot at the angel and it like puts its arm out and it like splinters the oh, I the love missile in a bunch shot. of pieces. Like that was really fucking cool. And also even just like when it's cutting to like the the military boardroom, as I'm going to call it, because I don't know what the fuck any of that shit is. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, even just that scene, which, again, in a movie, would be really dry, because it's, like, our dudes in suits complaining, like, the missiles didn't work. But in this, it's like, ooh, like, like the fucking, like, art looks good. Like, those cigarettes look really good. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just, a, I don't know, I, I it was a lot more, um, I did, I was not wishing for those scenes to end the way I normally am. I was, like, able to uh, enjoy them in a different way because of, like, the medium. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think the show looks absolutely uh, incredible. Like, the... The like overcomplicated, intentionally so like screens and graphics that they go through. Yeah, going like later on, and I, I was I was looking through the first couple minutes to double check, and they show you like the city kind of like empty but filled with tanks. Yeah, and like cars just kind of like on the side of the road with doors open, like it was very much like you're evacuating now. Um, and then you cut to Shinji just like not able to get Masato to pick up the phone, and uh, he is specifically calling her. He has a picture of her. Um, that I those opening shots are so good. Oh yeah, yeah, and then just the, like so showing like how how the, like the angel I think is, yeah uh, how lonely and desolate the the town is. And oh stuff. yeah, it's like you see one person running across some um, some train tracks, which I wasn't sure if that was him or not. But regardless, it was so much more effective to me than like the the usual equivalent, which would be like train tracks and there's no one. But to just see one person running to me made it feel mm. emptier. Actually, like it made it feel more like a place that people actually like. Habit, yeah, you uh, can see this, this. Yeah, you can see the scale of how empty it is versus inhabited. That's the word. One person in it, and yeah, the first time you see the angels from his point of view when he's just in the fucking city, which is a nice touch, I think. Um, and then yeah. yeah, then you see the angel just fucking be untouched by all this military grade warfare, uh, and then yeah, the rest of the things that we talked about. Happened. Yeah, and also right now it just popped in my head that it's worth mentioning. It seems obvious, but it's it's worth mentioning. The design of the angel and the um the Ava are super fucking cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The everything like all the the robots and the monsters in uh in in this show like look sick. Like like the art direction in this show is incredible. 
um I mentioned offhandedly, I don't know if this I don't know if this is actually true. Um uh but I I've heard that the one of uh uh Hideaki Anno's the the directors and a, did a and writer and a bunch of other stuff for the show. Um the person who you attribute Evangelion to. I had heard second like second probably like fifth or sixth hand that a lot of the robot designs were specifically to be complicated like so they couldn't like be built by gunplay or whatever i don't know that's fucking true it's hilarious it's hilarious (laughs) if it is it's so spiteful especially like i have built a gunpla of unit 01 and it's just like it's it is unnecessarily complicated and i love it i love their designs so you directly disobeyed this person's wishes Uh, it's not even me the fact that they were made (laughs) in the in the first place you should have abstained, Joe, if you care about this this series and its integrity. <laughs> I don't even know if it's true. Fucking gunplay traitor. Ugh. But yeah, everything looks fucking sick. Oh, I have a question, and if I'm asking this, like, a viewer probably, a listener probably is too. Was this originally a manga, or did it was it straight to anime? I don't think I've ever heard... No, it was manga first, right? It actually was. It was started before the show, um, but relatively separate. <laughs> um... It says, well, okay. it, just, it couldn't be simple, could it, Joe? No, of course not. Yeah. In Evangelion fashion, it's unsurprising that the manga would um, present a different story and in different ways with similar uh, relations. No, it started in 94. Um, and it says, while intended as a companion, uh, the manga is an alternate route since the TV series took uh, an alternate route since episode six. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, yeah, I Fuck feel our like. plans. There, yeah, there's like uh, some some crossover other than characters, but I haven't read much of it. I just know that it is uh, considerably different. Did they finish it? Did uh, they go all the way with it? Um, yeah, it looks like it. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. I wonder if the manga then changed to reflect the show. I'm wondering, cause like, I mean, it says like since episode six, and I feel like that first six, seven episodes is really where shit starts to change. We'll meet some, some other characters and some other plot lines will show up, but that, that feels like it makes sense. I kind of want to read the manga now so I can talk more about it. I'll figure it out, maybe. I had thought that it started later, but I was wrong. I'm glad I looked it up so no one has to correct me. Anyways, I feel like we have <laughs> bounced between different topics and uh, parts of this episode. Um, of course, yeah, someone out there screaming like, finish telling me what happened. Yeah, welcome to Nervous Rex, where we don't know how to do anything <laughs> the right fucking way. Um, so... Uh, I feel like we've set everything up to basically the halfway point in the episode, which is um, where, like, like it. God, I feel like when that eye catch came up halfway through, I was like, "There's no way this is half over," uh, but it was. Uh, and then the last half is is mostly in the the room with the Eva unit. I think I think it's uh, I already fucking forgot her name again. Rit- Ritsuko, when when she's implying that that Shinji's gonna pilot the robot and. Masato at first is like, fucking no, he's not. He just got here. Like, Ray yeah. trained forever and is now, uh, Ray as a character we'll learn about in a second, but they just start talking about her. Uh, Ray had to train to use it forever and still, like, got the shit beat out of her as a result. Uh, you're not just gonna throw this kid into it. Uh, but then Gendo appears, uh, sort of. He's like, there's like a platform at the top of the room above even, like, the robot and he's looking down from it. And he's like talking through a speaker, which I think that distance uh, and positioning is really effective for yeah. the relationships that are happening in this yep. room. It's an it's an easy way to establish that, but it's smart. Yeah, yeah, and I think it uh, it plays pretty well, especially with 
like the way Gendo reacts to things and knowing that no one can really see him. And he has like screens next to him uh, showing Shinji um, multiple times, which I think uh, is uh, an, an interesting decision to do. They also do a lot with his glasses, which is like, I mean, to have the glasses shine is kind of like a typical anime thing. But if I remember right, they do some different things with his his glasses. And it kind of like even then kind of sets him up as this person who like always has like his eyes on on multiple things at once. And you can't get through to him that you can't like see what he's like thinking or feeling like they they oh, also yeah. get a lot of mileage out of that. too. He's, he's extremely cold. He always has his hands up in front of his face. If he's sitting, he always has like his hands arched up in a certain way. Um, I was just doing it. I, I don't know why. I just <laughs> just for fun. Yeah, Sasuke does it once. Cosplay. Uh, never. Uh, but yeah, no. There, <laughs> there's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of times where you'll see different things reflect in his glasses. Yeah. There's. I think the scene you're thinking of is probably where he's in that command center room and like the TV, like the big screen goes to static and you see the static mm. in his glasses. Yeah. And then like as it like turns back on, like you see all of it in his glasses, which is I think just a nice touch. Yep. But yeah, there's definitely like a layer between him and he always has his eyes on like this mission this job of his but yeah he uh he tells shinji to get in the robot and shinji says no i can't do that and uh, i'm baby i'm baby not to trivialize it but like uh, yes <laughs> in fact that we hear the ground shake and we see the angel like i really love the shot of the angel attacking the city above where they are um because it doesn't move you just see like its eye flash and then an explosion happen in a different place yeah it's just really eerie. That's a good word to describe the the, the way that the entire angel uh, setup at that at this point of the episode is is depicted. Because earlier it's the more typical bombastic like there's a bunch of missiles and whatever, but at this point it's like no one's even trying to attack it anymore, and it's just like standing there. Oh yeah, yeah. The, well, yeah. There's no point. Like uh, the military has fallen back. They sh- they sent this like nuke at it, and um, not after the smoke cleared, it's just still standing there motionless. It's fucking great. Um, and yeah. then uh, when they see a closer visage of it, the it's not really a face. It, it looks kind. It evokes. Um, it has like this sort of face. It has like two eye holes and like the, it kind of points down. Um, it evokes. It looks like the uh, the Court of Owls mask from the Batman comics. Hmm, uh, I guess so. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, like the old timey fucking what are they called masks? Um, oh, like Plague Doctor. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but like exclusively like pointing down instead of pointing forward, it's fucking creepy looking. It's great. It's so top heavy. Yeah. As well. It it skipped like day. Certainly. Uh, but uh, anyways, when it comes back after that nuke, uh, that little face mask thing is like torn open. Like the the skin under it is like torn open and up, and there's another face under it, like revealing itself. That shot, fucking is so ominous and terrifying. Yeah. And then like, that's like, it's the, real cool. Like the last time you see of it, like it didn't just like the, the, every other time you see it, it's like motionless, but like you can like, it'll cut away. It'll cut back. And you've seen that it's made progress. <laughs> like, uh, it's, uh, it's spooky. It's that just reminded me of the really, there's a really, there's a really creepy shot too, where like, it's like this, the skin on its shoulders kind of like opening up and like rippling oh, yeah. and there's like muscles underneath it and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That happens after like, right after the nuke when like you see the smoke clearing, it's like, before you see it standing there, you see this, like, yeah, this, like, shoulders, like, open up and, like, flare, like, muscles. Oh, yeah, because they, cause they specify that it's regenerating. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, seeing it, the, the new face sort of grow out of it. Yeah. Fuck, the angel designs are so fucking cool. Hoof. So Shinji's being told to get in the robot. Uh, after we, we see the angel coming to attack their specific location, 
uh, Gendo references, I think it found a location after the earth shakes. And he tells, tells Shinji to get in the robot. And Shinji says no. And at this point, uh, Masato tells him that he must as well. So seeing her turn to too bad, it's this or we all die, and still putting it on him is, uh, is a lot. I think Masato at one point tells Gendo that he can't, uh, and then Gendo implies that only he can. Yeah. For, for reasons that I know, but... Yeah, I was going to say, it, it's like, it's not clear in this episode why uh, no one else can do it, but I'm, I'm sure that they will uh, get into that. Or at least him or Ray. Like... Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, and yeah, and we've already heard him called the third child, um, so I guess we can connect some dots there that there's other people who can do it. But uh, yeah, then um, he keeps saying that he's not going to do it, and uh, uh, and he there's I almost can't do it justice to describe it when he's like, um, he's just straight up yelling at his dad. Oh yeah, he's yelling like I didn't come for this. This isn't fair. And it's like, well, why why did you come here? And he's like, and he doesn't answer. He doesn't answer. He uh, and then Masato says, "Don't not to run away from from this or her dad." And then it cuts to uh him like in the shadow of the robot again while all these people are telling him what to do but at that point that's when gendo says like wake up ray and his his word choices are spare is unusable which fucking sucks <laughs> yeah his old man and my old man should go bowling oh <laughs> oh we're getting into it uh but yeah and then uh uh tells ray that she'll do it again and then they wheel ray in in a um like on a hospital cart yep and she's she's all bandaged up Mm -hmm. and she's got a bunch of fucking ivs in yeah and she looks like hell she looks like hell um the earth shakes again after she's in the room uh and she falls off of it and like onto the ground i think everybody falls down actually this is after like shinji has seen her and he's just like staring at her um and she's like real quick it's it's like I kind of, like, was able to make meaning from it because I knew what was going to come next, which you wouldn't if you watched this for the first time. But when, um, when, uh, fucking, I'm so sorry, I can't, Gendo, is that his name? I, I need to stop calling him Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he fucking, he, like, calls Ray and is like, all right, Ray, like, come out, you're doing this again. And she's just like, yes, like, yes, sir, kind of deal. And, like, that doesn't, you don't realize how much that means until you see her. So then, like, because I knew that she's gonna get wheeled out in that hospital bed all fucked up, it's yeah. like, holy shit, that's, like, that, like, is showing a lot about her character, is, like, like her dedication to this, mm-hmm. like, knowing that she's basically on the brink of death, but it's still like, okay, I'll go. Like, no hesitation yeah, just, whatsoever. Yeah, like, very, uh, yeah, very monotone, like, very, uh, monotone. Yeah. Just, like, yes. And then, uh, yeah, and then when you see her, she's, like, sh- like, panting already, just sitting up. Um, and like Shinji's watching this and then, uh, yeah, then the earth shakes again after another attack. Um, uh, it's worth maybe mentioning. I I think it's just iconography, but, uh, when that angel attacks, like that blast sort of blows straight up and then out and it forms a cross. Oh, I didn't even catch that. There's only one really good shot of it. It's pretty subtle the other times. Um, but then she, she falls out of the bed. Shinji falls down. The lights fall down on Shinji. And, um, as Shinji puts his arms up, to protect himself, uh, the EVA Unit 01 juts its hand out of the water to protect Shinji, and, like, all the cables and stuff plug out of it and cover him. There's a, I fucking, this shot is so powerful, where when it does that, the lights, like, shatter from its hand and, like, are knocked back up, 
and you and the camera like follows it at the window where Gendo is and it shatters and you just see Gendo like as it shatters like from behind it and he's just like smiling isn't the word but like watching knowing that what he wanted to happen is happening yeah I'm really glad you brought that up because I was also gonna uh note that moment it's fucking great it's so strong um so we don't like like he implies that only Shinji can do it Shinji is clearly connected to the robot in some way yeah, they make they make special mention that's like uh, he hasn't even been like connected to the thing like you're supposed to be. Yeah, he's not he's not in a plug suit. He's not in the weird chamber thing that I don't remember the name of. Um, it might and and it was so, this bond is so powerful that the the uh, giant robot broke its restraints in order to protect him. Yes, which is very typical shonen stuff. Like, of course, yeah, yeah the main the main character is going to have some uh, innate power or destiny, which um those those tropes are interesting in Evangelion. Uh, but yeah, everyone's like, holy shit, it moved on its own. And after that, and then him running over to try and help Ray up, um, he there's actually a shot here where he 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 looks at her, he looks back at the robot, its eye like starts to light up, and then um, yep. and then he looks at his hand and it's covered in blood, and he's like repeats, "I mustn't run away," and then says that he'll he'll do it, he'll pilot the 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 Eva. That's what I was getting at earlier. Is like there's there's that moment, and there's another one that I'm I'm blanking on for right now, but but. When I said that they get so much mileage out of the the robot, it is like not moving, and it, they it just like the way that its eyes turn on and off in very specific moments, and the way like whatever it's like it, it the robot has a lot of like personality or character, and the, and the, it's it's very very like um ominous is maybe the wrong word, but it just like it has like a big presence, and it, like it feels yeah. like Shinji is being watched and tested by this machine, like yeah. it it feels like it is like it's watching how he handles this moment. It, yeah, I thought that was really, I thought that was really strong stuff. Yeah, and I think Shinji feels it too. Like, I think, um, yeah, I think he feels a lot of eyes on him, including these gigantic ones. Yeah, I guess actually that might be what they're going for as well, is to like to kind of sum up the way that everyone is looking at him with the way the giant robot is looking at him. Yeah, and again, like the the very surface level read of ex like large expectations, like I can't live up to the uh, the size of which people are expecting of me. Yeah, it's so fucking cool that like the thing is that big that it's just it's fucking head above the water. That's yeah. just so cool. Yeah, as soon as he says, I'll pilot it, it cuts right to the water draining as they're setting it up. And then you see a bunch of uh, screens and people setting stuff up. The shot of him being put like in the back of the neck is where the entrance is. Uh, the chamber fills up with something called LCL, which is just like a liquid that he can breathe in. I, I think it's for connecting to the robot, but I don't fucking remember the technical details. Something. It was supposed to oxygenate, oxygenate his blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh God, the shot, the shot in the in the the entry plug where like his surroundings like change colors a bunch. Yeah. That like, it just looks really great. I don't know what else to to describe it as. And then it switches to what he's actually like the actual like camera. Yeah. The 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 shots of all the different. It's almost like the room is moving around the robot rather than it moving. And then just all all the shots. Any shot in this show where the camera. And the subject, and there's a grate between them, or like a fence. I love that shit. Yeah. But then it, uh, they launch it up top, and the episode ends. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like a it's up there on the on the on on the fucking ground floor of Earth, uh, and it's a uh, it's like yeah. standing off with the with the monster, but uh, it it concludes before it's like yeah before that stand up goes anywhere. Yeah. Which is good. The the last thing probably worth mentioning, like Masato asks Gendo if if 
this will work and if they can actually do this. His response is, of course, unless we defeat the Angels, we have no future, which I think is uh, perfectly vague. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, and then his assistant also asks if he's sure about it, and he doesn't answer, but he smiles. And then the Eva unit launches. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of characterization happening with, uh, with, yeah. with actions here. But I liked it a lot. God, that angel, the way it moves. You rewatch it? Yeah, I've just been, like, sk- sk- skimming through it for, for things. Yeah, and then the, the credits roll with the... Uh, and the, the good song. Yeah, Fly Me to the Moon. It's a very good song. This cover of it is very good. Or performance of it. Yeah, and then the, um, yeah, and then the, the next time on shows some, some fighting, a bunch of emergency screens, and, uh, the, the text basically says, like, or not the text, but, uh, the, what, what they're saying will happen next time is, like, Shinji runs away, and Masato tries to help him, and they beat the angel. It's something about fan service. It's interesting, yeah, yeah, uh, I think, I believe it's Masato says that she will give us fan service, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a running joke. But also, well, yeah, because even in this first episode, when she dives to protect him in the car, it's just like cameras right there for ass. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, real unnecessary. there's a shot. There's a shot in the car where she's talking to him, and the camera, like the point of view, is coming from between her legs as she's driving. So is that bizarre. what that was? There was a really weird shot that lasted for like point two seconds when she was talking about the dress, and I was like, what were we even supposed to see there? I don't know. I don't even remember that. I think because I know there's like when she's talking about her dress, like the background sort of fades out from her. Um, cause she's just like thinking to herself for a long time. Yeah. And it's just kind of like characterizing how she's not, um, at all phased by this attack or whatever. Right. And it has this great, like elevator music in the background, which oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's so cheery. Yeah. Which is like, um, yeah, the, the tonal stuff is like wild. Yeah. Also that thing with speaking of the moment with the car, how many like, annoying dudes on youtube are like how did they survive the nuclear blast in that car like because like it's like almost like a kingdom of the crystal skulls moment where they survive by being in the fridge because like they're just like they're in the car with their heads poking up over the top and like they're being like protected from the blast by like the body of the car mm-hmm. but they're real close to like the the nuke still yeah i don't think it's actually a nuke oh okay it just, just a- it just it just is a very large scale explosive that, that does blast them back and they are relatively unscathed but also, who cares? <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure there are people out there that fucking love that shit. Well, yeah, the, um, a lot of yeah, a lot of fan responses to this show are like, why doesn't Shinji just man up and? Uh, that's so annoying. Pilot, pilot the robot. Why doesn't he care that all these girls are into him or whatever? And like, the answer is trauma. He's processing trauma. He's 14 years old. Imagine. I mean, I've only literally I've only seen one or two episodes, and basically only really seen one because I the rest was so long ago. That already pisses me off because yeah. like, imagine watching this show with your brain not working enough to see that those questions are like dumb and bad in this context. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's a lot of uh, just. I, I some of it might have been marketing. Some of it might have been just the demographic where it was aired to I mean, and what they expected from a robot shown in anime, and they're just like. Like, people just not getting it. Like, it really boils down to people not getting it. It feels like a lack of empathy. Like... Uh, yeah, and I think I think there's a lack of empathy in Shonen in general. Like, I think it's just a, like, all right, when he's when is he gonna... When is he gonna do the thing? You think so? I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I watch it differently than, than other people, but... I, I, I also feel like the, the Shonen that I do watch typically doesn't have this problem. Uh, although, I, I think probably... Or at least it's not gendered as heavily, or not as... 
or it's just so fantastical where it doesn't phase you. Like, like I don't, I don't think about that when it fucking in One Piece or whatever. But like, there, there's a lot of like reality that Shinji is grounded in, and like he is clearly like carrying these traumas and this stuff. There, there is no like, yeah, fantastical. This isn't like you know, Gurren Logan. Oh yeah, we just live in this alternate universe and we live underground and we're gonna get out of here one day. Like it's like the the tone of Evangelion, I think, presents that reality in a very digestible way that I think is pretty obvious. <laughs> for yeah, the- well, that's why I feel like I can't relate to anyone that's watching this and like boo, like throwing fucking popcorn at the screen because they yeah. want him to fight. Like I feel like it's so clearly telling you that that's not what this is about that it seems weird that anyone could get through even just this first episode and be complaining mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, but whatever. And and I and I think to some to some extent, like I think it's playing with that idea i think like it's playing with like oh yeah like that's what you would expect and this and this isn't that like i think it's it's i think it's kind of toying with those expectations in a way especially with like yeah because it's kind of it's kind of not to be like super head-ass about it but it's kind of like putting you in the position of the villain where like like the the people that want him to get in the robot and do this are like wrong and putting way too much on this kid yeah absolutely i think i think that is a very easy read to make yeah um and he doesn't want to, and it sucks. Yep, and that's what happens. And he gets in the robot. Um, there's a line actually in that last scene where he's com- like, he says that he feels nauseous after the LCL. Yeah, I was gonna point that out too. Yeah, and uh, Misato says, "Stop whining, you're a boy, right?" And it's just yep. like, oh, there it is. <laughs> there's the yeah. show. She mentions that he's a boy uh, quite a few times in this first episode, but that one's the oh, most yeah. like, poignant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting to me that. So there's like kind of like a popular like meme that came out of this of like uh Shinji pilot the Ava or else Ray will have to do it again. That line never appears. Mm, not in this sub. Um it might have been in other subs, it might be in the dub, but like I'm also familiar with it, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Mike my, my if if I almost feel like it's in the dub, I would guess. But okay. I don't know. I wonder if it's one of those things where like um oh god, now I'm blanking on it. There's like a there's like a Star Wars line that everyone remembers incorrectly. Oh yeah, it's just like uh it's been said so many times that people uh yeah. believe. There's a line there's a line in, in, in this version we just watched where he says something along the lines of like like to somebody else, to the guy that's name starts with an F, like Ray will have to do it or she'll have to do it. But yeah, like he, he tells Ray like you, you have to you will you must do it again or something. Yeah. The, like it on to be honest, like I think that was maybe the one part of this episode that I felt was like a weak point and it, it you can't I can't hold this against it because it's it's the, I can't be like, oh, well, this isn't as good as the version I imagined in my head. But, like, I remember oh, yeah. that scene. I remember that scene being much more blatant, like, um, that kind of, like, almost sociopathic, like, using it for leverage against him. Probably just because of the meme being, like, repeated in that way. Yeah. I remember in my head it being much more emphasized, like, like if you don't do this, we're going to make this other person do it for you. Yeah, um, but he, and in this he person, does it by himself. Like yeah, he just, like, he sees Ray struggling and just has this innate will to protect her yeah just just inherently uh which i guess is good in different ways yeah he just does it yeah Th- that line might come later maybe even too like in another episode but yeah i i don't know we'll see we'll keep it's, up. We'll it's keep just a different party because yeah because that version would be like really emphasizing like the coldness of the people that he's dealing with but that this version emphasizes like his strength as a character so like that's great too yeah or at least which is, actually that's probably more necessary at this point in in the in the show because we've gotten a lot of like his dad being an asshole. We maybe have not seen very much of his own internal drives and values and stuff. So yeah, I, I think seeing him 
see Ray and decide to do it sets up different things than just him still doing what he's told. Right. Yeah. So I take it back. That's not a, that's not a weakness at all. That's good. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's that's the episode. That's um, the episode. Do do you do you have any more closing thoughts? We've been talking for over an hour. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> I and told we, you we wouldn't we, have any yeah, fucking we were storage. Briefly things to say. worried that there we uh, wouldn't have a whole a whole podcast episode from this one episode, but goddamn, do we? So yeah, no. I think the only other thing I was gonna add was just that, like, uh, you specifically in several conversations leading up to us doing this show mentioned like. The, it's like, I want to talk about the direction with you. And I was like, I don't fucking know if I'm going to have anything to say about the direction. But then, like, watching this, I was like, oh, no, this is a fucking, like, talented motherfucker making this shit. Like, there's some really interesting decisions being made. And I actually, like, I'm latching on to that, like, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. That's rad to hear. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh, the show. It not that it's not, I, not that it's the fucking auteur bullshit where it's like, he's the only one that did it. Of course, there's a fucking huge team of people that worked on it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I think he's uh he's at least attributed as the driving force behind it. Yeah. It's it's not like Twin Peaks where everyone says, ah, oh, David Lynch did twi- Twin Peaks and he directed like five episodes of the show <laughs> uh and wrote like two or whatever. Yeah. Uh a lot a lot of the show has has a Hideko Ano in it. Um Yeah. So I guess I, I would just say I'm really whether it was him or, or the whole the unit as a whole, I was really impressed more than anything about their ability to create um, spaces with both the uh, the images and the uh, sound. Yeah, they, they really know how to represent space and like um, I, th- I think trapping Shinji in spaces is something they do very well. Um, yeah, and like I, th- I feel like visually they remove his autonomy somehow, which is just like extremely yeah. good. Like, like when he's like, like on, on that, like Donkey Kong cart that you were talking about where he's reading the book, he's like, he's like not even paying attention that people are talking about. No. Nope. Yeah. I, I felt like every scene, it was a space that I either felt like I was in or wanted to be in. Mm. Wanted to be in is an interesting phrase, but <laughs> look, I like water, Joe. <laughs> okay. That's fair. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, well, we did it. That was, that was us in a podcast episode talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion. But yeah, I guess I guess we can end that there. I don't know when we will be tackling the second episode. Hopefully soon. I want to watch more of this shit. Yeah, let's see. I'm looking forward to it. We can. We'll just uh, don't even care what the feedback is on this. Just uh, just <laughs> just uh, dive in. <laughs> this one's for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I super look forward to to watching more of it and talking about it with you. But yeah, when uh, why don't, why don't you tell whoever is listening, uh, where they can find you on the internet? I would love to, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> They can find me at Topher Disgrace on Twitter. To talk about Alien Happy Hour, plug your other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I do way too many podcasts in addition to lots of other things. But so Relatable. I, uh, w- whenever I can, I'm on Alien Happy Hour's podcast, The Chat Room and Movie Club. Uh, I also do a weekly video game wrestling show on, on the Alien Happy Hour YouTube account called AHHWF, which we just had our Rumble Pack show last week, and it was a fucking blast. Yeah, it was. Uh, I made my return to the ring. I fought <laughs> Shrek and Luigi and uh, lost to a giant dog. It was real fun. These words make sense, I promise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then other, that, other than that, yeah, like I said, uh, I, will, I will also have a new podcast coming out uh, shortly called Cannonball Z, and I'm super fucking stoked about that. And I think that's all for the podcast right now, excluding this one. <laughs> don't, you're not going to plug this one in this one. <laughs> They're already listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. I make a ton of other podcasts. If you want to hear me talk about anime, uh, you can hear me once a 
month or two talking about One Piece uh, on We Are Watching One Piece. Um, and you can find that and this and a bunch of other shows uh, on the Orange Groves Podcast Network. You can check that out at theorangegroves.com. Uh, and there's ways to support the network uh, so we can uh, host more shows, uh, smaller and marginalized creators, and uh, do a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, check out the shows there. And think Yeah, I'm a patron. It. You should be too. Hell yeah. Subscribe and review or else Ray will have to do it again. God damn it. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah review on itunes is good that is true ray view on itunes <laughs> this podcast was a mistake uh thank you for listening um don't know what the release schedule will be when we're doing this for real uh but just you know you know how podcasts work right you subscribe in your app and then you get a new one another one later also we'll probably tweet about it i'll have to come up with a hashtag that isn't already taken because the show is over 20 years old uh bye (laughs) stay nervous don't actually i guess (laughs) please don't take care of yourself take care of yourself we'll think of a real sign off one other day anyway bye bye